Hello, everybody, and welcome to Kid Like Faith. I'm your host, Nina T, helping you to keep your faith kid-like. We are back. Me and my co-host, Miss Alicia Nichols, are back, and we are digging into a movie about a band of heroes. Band of heroes. Maybe I'll just call them what Marvel called them, the Avengers. Now, I'm ready. Alicia is ready. I hope you all are ready. So let's start the show. Like Faith, we're excited to, to share with you. Uh, I am here along with my lovely co-host, Miss Alicia. How you doing today, fam? I'm good, and you? I'm doing good, doing well. I'm here. Hallelujah. Um, so if you have not listened to, uh, I don't know what you would listen to while we were doing the intro, but hello, we are here to talk about The Avengers. And this movie had a whole bunch going on because there were a whole bunch of heroes. So we're going to do our best uh, to go through some of the points and some of the things that we saw um, that kind of will help our faith or build our faith. Um, Let me start by doing my disclaimer, as I do every week. Lovely people, if you have not watched The Avengers, please. Direct yourself over to Disney Plus, okay? Over on Disney Plus, there's a Marvel section. Click the Marvel section. Go on ahead and search for the Avengers. Uh, it's on there, and I hope you enjoy watching it. And then after you are done, come right on back to the podcast and listen to our lovely commentary. All right, here we go. We start with the beginning where um, in our opening scene, um, it kind of lets us know that there is a, going to be like something like a war, right? There's going to be like something like a breach of the safety of humans um, because of the Tesseract. Um, because the Tesseract is, it's powerful, right? And since we first saw the Tesseract, everyone has wanted it. Everyone has wanted a piece of it. And so this week is no different, but in this portion fury technically has it in his possession right so he has the ability to kind of like dig into made from what the energy's like 
um, you know, all of that. So he's digging into it. And while he's digging into it, they get attacked by one phrase. I feel like the one phrase that opened up the door was when Hawkeye was talking to Fury. And Fury um, is telling him that he wanted him to pay attention. He wanted him to watch from up close. Of course, he was watching from in the corner. And he says, I do my best, you know, watching from a distance. I see good from a distance. Um, and he was talking about how the Tesseract is a door. So the problem of why it's malfunctioning, why it's doing its own thing is not on our end. So Fury was like, our end? He was like, yeah, it's a doorway to an access to the end of space. So what's happening is a door works two ways. And that is not just us trying to prod and pick and see what's happening. But on the other side, there's activity. And we can't control it because it's not happening from our end, right? And what we um, sometimes don't understand is that the supernatural realm is not only, you know, full of angels that work for God, but we've also got to be very careful when we're going and doing things in the supernatural realm because there is other activity over there as well. And so in the same way that Loki finds his way into the earth by way of the door that is the Tesseract, I feel like there are some things that when we engage um, in the supernatural, we open up certain spaces and doors for other supernatural activity that doesn't necessarily mirror the heart of God. It, it's not it's not from God. And we have to be careful because once that stuff gets in, it's very hard to govern it when you, when you don't even know what you let in. You understand, like the pro part of the problem is that they don't even know, the only person with the exception of Dr. Selvig, they don't even really know who Loki is. They don't know who he is, what, he, what he's coming with, um, what they should be on guard for. And this is why Hawkeye in the first five seconds or five minutes of him being there is technically turned by way of Loki's little stick, his little scepter thing. And he uses it to turn Dr. Selvig, Hawkeye, and a random official um, that are all there first with the purpose of working for um, Dr. Fury's shield and all of the, and with all the other agents. But the tricky part is that they change on the inside and that the only thing that changes on the outside is their eyes. Yeah, Lisa, you can come off mute if you if you want. Yeah, I was just saying the only thing that changed was their eyes, and um, I kind of see that as a way like you know perversion is like I favorite word out here, y'all. <laughs> but like you said, it changes them from the inside, and it's like their eyes. So now they're not looking for from things from the perspective of a good place or trying to do good and pay attention to their purpose now it's more so a demonic thing like you said because Loki has now changed their heart which has affected everything in the inside yep yep it's it's literally the fact that they had no guard over their heart and that their heart was 
just literally full of flesh. And he was mm -hmm. able to tap the flesh part of them to get them to change perspective. The same way in which Adam and Eve, I learned a lot um, this week when I was in my, my class about adaptations, like how um, film writers take stories that are already existing and they create movies with totally different perspectives, totally different characters, but the setup is the same. For instance, um, I had no idea that Hamlet, you know, how the story about, um, it's a Shakespearean play um, about a son or a prince who finds out his father uh, was killed by his uncle, right? That's a narrative in the play um, Hamlet. It is also the narrative of the Lion King. And so mm -hmm. while I did not know that the Lion King was written with that in mind, with that perception in mind. Like they, they may not have been like, yep, we're making this a Hamlet story, but they literally thought, let's make a movie about animals. And one of the theme lines is gonna be something similar to what Hamlet is. <laughs> or you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like sometimes like even in like this movie, we'll find little biblical adaptations in the same way that the serpent was able to come in and touch the, the heart and the perception of Eve, right? He literally was like, he touched her you know, heart by telling her that she wasn't like God. And that was enough to get her to turn. And when she turned, the Bible says uh, in Genesis 3, when she saw that it was good for food. So not only did it change the way she felt about it, or, and the way she felt, what was her motive and reasoning for eating the fruit, it changed her perspective so she was okay with doing what was once forbidden to do. So in the same way, Hawkeye, again, is not anything different on the outside, just the perception has changed, but if you're not paying attention to his eyes, you don't know that he's any different. So he's walking out, trying to get out. Ooh, before I go there, before I go there, my, one of my favorite um, lines as they are making their exit is um, while Fury was talking back and forth with Loki, uh, Hawkeye says, this is a distraction. He says, Fury is stalling and he's stalling because he wants us to, you know, be caved under rocks. Like this thing is gonna blow, we're gonna be caved under and, and we're gonna be buried. And then Fury says, like the pharaohs of old. And I was like, another biblical adaptation where they were like, oh snap, let's take what happened to Pharaoh and just plug it in right here. And it was like, oh snap, like, we see that not only is film open to um, the storylines of scripture, but if we're not paying attention, we can miss these nods. We can miss these nods to our faith. And um, even like the way that things were set up, it was like, if you're, if you're moving too fast or if you're too fleshly minded, you won't see it correctly. Um, but the, the goal was, I'm gonna play the same trick that Moses played <laughs> or God played through Moses um, on the pharaohs of old. You thought that you was going to come in this Red Sea after them? Well, once the last one gets through, <laughs> guess what's going to happen? It's going to be ocean on top of you, okay? You understand me? Theory said, blow it all up. Blow everybody up. Um, but anyway, yeah, so like, he's like, he's literally making a decision to, and this is the bad part, the decision puts him out 
of a facility mm-hmm. because that place belonged to Loki, uh, not not to Loki, it belonged to Fury and the, the Shield agency for their research. So I'm not gonna say it's the only one because we see it's obviously not. They had other modes of transportation, but they were that he had to sacrifice a building and sacrifice their their headquarters, you know, in some some regard in order to make sure that he did everything he could to stop Loki. Unfortunately, he didn't get to do it fast enough. And because he they weren't readily detectable, they weren't stopped immediately. So they ended up getting, you know, escaping. The the agents of Shield uh escaped barely, barely escaped the collapse of the building. Um, but now they acknowledge that what they have on their hands is about to be a war. And that not only this, is this a war, but this is a war that they cannot fight alone. I had a question. That's Hawkeye, right? Yeah, Hawkeye. Do you believe that if Hawkeye stayed in his, in position where he was sitting high and looking low, he would not have been affected by Loki? You know what? I feel like because of the way he was looking high, you might have been correct. And it's and, and it was because he was looking, but he was crouched down in a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, you know, he was he was in a way that Fury didn't know where he was until um, Selvig pointed out where he was, you know, mm-hmm. looking from. So he had, you know, he had gotten down and crouched into a, a place where he couldn't be seen. So I think you might've been right. The other part of that though, is because Hawkeye is an agent, he wouldn't have stayed hidden. Mm. So either way, something, either he would have been with the other S.H.I.E.L.D. agents where they would have been attacked. He would have just made it or just escaped and he'd have been able to help and not have to get you know knocked upside his head in order to be reset. Um, but other than that, in the same way, he still was, he still wasn't, wouldn't have been as effective as we're thinking he would have been. He possibly mm-hmm. could have been because Loki was, was Loki was doing things, <laughs> and because mm-hmm. of the integrity, integrity of the hero in him, mm-hmm. he would have been able to stay silent and stay unseen. He would at least try to shoot him with an arrow. You know what I mean? And we saw what happened when he tried to shoot that arrow that one time. Loki had caught that thing in his hand. He didn't know it was gonna blow up, but he had caught that thing right up there like that in his hand. So I think everything kind of worked the way it was intended because for, for us, the message is you have to make sure that you can't easily be turned. Mm-hmm. The message is the guard over your heart and possibly um, maybe staying in the position would have helped, but the guard over your heart would have helped better. Because yeah. Tony wasn't affected the same way as the other. Nope. You know what I mean? Because he had uh, something guarding his heart. His heart mm-hmm. wasn't easily accessible. And I think that's why the Bible tells us, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, um, to guard our heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. Like we can't um, guarantee that mm-hmm. we stay in position that will stay unharmed. We also can't guarantee that if we uh, try to save the day and we don't have our armor on, that we won't be nicked or that we'll make it out alive. 
But one thing we can say is that um, the combination of not having a guard and not being in a position is is a dangerous thing. Definitely a dangerous thing. Let's let's dig into Miss Black Widow. Let's dig into it because I love Natasha for the mere fact that in two times in this movie, she played helpless in order to play strong. Mm-hmm. The helpless damsel in distress was a tool for her. It wasn't, it, it wasn't like, you know, something she was actually succumbed to, but she had enough control to where she could pretend to be helpless and actually be gathering more than you think. So for instance, the first time was when, um, right after this, where we see her talking to the, the in Germany, talking to the German man, and the man, he thinks he got her bound up and, you know, he pushing the chair back and it's just like, ooh, wee, golly, my God, is sis in trouble? What's gonna happen? Uh, how's she gonna get out of this one? And then all of a sudden her phone rings and it's the greatest interruption ever because we get to see that she was literally in no trouble at all. Literally in no trouble at all. She looked like she was in trouble, but she was more powerful than she let on. She was faking the funk. She was faking it intentionally, though, because he was getting the information. And I think sometimes we are so quick to act and to try to prove how strong we are and to prove that, you know, we ain't going to be taken for granted or we're not going to be vulnerable and you're not going to get one over on me. When technically, if you'll just be quiet, let me tell you something about being quiet. Okay, curse your mouth because being quiet gets you more information than it does to try to put up little peacock feathers and strut to stop. Like she got all that she needed to get just pretending that like she couldn't help herself. Like he was being cocky and giving her all the information. When the phone rang, she was like, I was getting all the information. This is an interrogation for me. This was an interrogation tactic. It looks like I didn't know what I was doing. And the, and the man is like, I'm not telling my secrets. No fool, because you keep talking. You don't know what you're doing. You foolish, idiot. You just out here just running your mouth because you can. Okay. And now you're out here exposed and looking stupid. But I love that she was like, I don't have to prove that I'm strong. Or I don't have to prove that, you know, that I'm better than you by kicking your butt immediately. I can let you think you won. I can let you think you won and you got one over on me or that you got me, you know, in a hard predicament. And once I got what I needed or once I have an incentive, because it wasn't that she um, got all the information, she had an incentive to no longer want the information. The incentive was my friend has been turned and compromised. And I am more concerned about getting to him than I am getting to whatever information comes from this man. So the interesting part is that while this changes things for Natasha, it not only changes things for Natasha, it changes things for all of the heroes. Because not only is Natasha called in as an agent, um, but we've got they, they go to look for Banner. Well, she's sent to go get Banner. Um, then Colson is sent 
to go get um, Iron Man. I think that's right. Yeah, to go get Iron Man. And then um, Fury goes to get Captain America. I like how they decided to divide and conquer when it came to rowling them all up. And they use wisdom. Because I can't bring in the Hulk <laughs> trying to force him and make him feel like he got to move. I got to talk soft to the man. Because nice. one, I don't want him to turn. And two, I need him to come with me agreeably. <laughs> like in his human form. I want him to, I don't want to have to, you know, fight, fight the green thing. I want him to come calm. And uh, yeah, so like they get, she, they use wisdom. Even um, Iron Man, who we think isn't going to show up, you know, mm -hmm. ends up showing up because of how severe the fight has gotten and how, you know, how crazy everything is turning out to be. Um, but they all show up eventually, right? to retrieve the Tesseract and capture Loki. Um, and although the board is against this assembly of heroes, Fury still has belief in it. And I, I want to encourage those who are listening. You have no idea what a, a little bit of faith can do. Like the whole reason I do this podcast is because I want people to believe. And any route that we have to go in order to talk about belief and challenge belief is what I want to take. Like I'll take, I'll take the Disney route. I'll take the Marvel route. I'll take the, you know, because I feel like I'm about to expand into other movies. So I'll take, you know, whatever, whatever genre I need to take in order for people to acknowledge that more things change or most things are not a problem of force but they're a problem of belief it wasn't that they had a problem um they couldn't have taken loki by force but they needed someone to believe in them we noticed that before they knew really what fury believed and what colson believed and those agents who brought them in before they knew, all they were able to accomplish was infighting. I want to talk for a moment, at least if, if you'll talk with me a little bit, about mm -hmm. infighting, the infighting of heroes. Because each hero was great at something. They were amazing at you know their own levels and, and spaces. But for a while, there was a lot of caddy back and forth mm -hmm. because they didn't really know what to do. Well, first off, again, they didn't know how much Fury believed in them and what this was all for. But they also felt like they were stuck with each other. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like who? I, he didn't tell me he was bringing you in. Like, he didn't tell me. It, it, was, it was a lot of back and forth foolishness for a mm -hmm. good while. And I want to talk a little bit about how this looks in the kingdom. It does. And it does because it's similar to the fivefold. That's how I looked at the Avengers, right? Yeah. Everybody had in the fivefold, everybody has a lane in which they occupy. And sometimes I feel like we get into a place as believers, as someone that's a part of the kingdom and actually guilty of it. You feel like sometimes other people roles 
are more important than yours or yours is overlooked and why are well we all are part of the same thing so why are we on the same playing field when in all actuality when we come all together we're way stronger together versus being divided and i also see it from a standpoint of we allow so much confusion to come in because we're not guarding our gate. Like that gate in which that we are, like here it is, the Avengers are really supposed to all be guarding some type of realm, just like Thor is, right? He's responsible for all nine realms, but he can't guard Earth by himself. That's why we got the Avengers. Mm -hmm. I think you actually kind of like hit on something just there. Um, when you said one thing, you said the evade uh, the Avengers are similar to the fivefold, mm-hmm. and I want to bring out that all of the gifts were present. It looks like another mm-hmm. spiritual adaptation, right? Where we have mm-hmm. the visionaries like Stark, who can see. Uh, different technologies and and how things can be advanced and how things are supposed to be run better and and how they can implement things and all of those things uh fury's another one that wants to in in, uh uh he wants to implant and start this initiative but he has to gather them all together like apostles who are gatherers, who are mm-hmm. the ones who implement and who set things in, you know, in place and establish works. Um, you also have like um, the prophets, and the prophets give me Hawkeye uh, very much, where they mm-hmm. see certain things um, mm-hmm. a certain way, and they have to sometimes um, be very. Um, intentional with their words because they send they are sent out like darts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the words are sent out like darts. The words of the Lord, not only His word um, concerning an individual, but what we say, right? Our words that that go out as darts go out. Um, I think the more tactical um, and the or the well, we could do the gatherers also are, are evangelists. Um, Cause I feel like there there were a lot of like the shield agents who were sent out, um, like the um, like the um, I'll even say no, cause Thor has more of a pastorish kind of uh, likeness. What, oh, Captain America. Yeah, he gives very much pastor. He is more pastoral. He has the past. Sorry, he has the heart of the shepherd. And while <laughs> I would like, and this is this may seem very crazy. So if since we're putting um, Captain America and um, even Iron Man has Iron Man has like an apostolic gift as a visionary because uh, he's a bill. You think so? I think he has the vision for the future. Right, he has the 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 vision for where the team can go, and what so he's what what needs to be the next moves. Notice when they're about to do something, the pastors step up, like like Captain America was like giving orders, and then also when Iron Man's in his suit, he's giving orders. Then who's Banner? 
Banner's a teacher. And the reason I say okay. Banner's a teacher is because not only is he a genius, like he's he's uh like literally he's he's studied so much, but the truth of the matter is it's him breaking down things is mm-hmm. kind of the way teachers go about breaking up foul um religions and foul knowledge and things that are established that aren't God's will and his way. Mm-hmm. So that he has like the the strength of it all and the the he's because he's he's the geek. He's literally the geek. He's the okay. nerd. Okay, I can see that now. What about your girl Natasha? All right, so this is a good question. Because she's an agent. Like she's like a tactical agent. Who is so she's an agent in the kingdom? What'd you say? So she's an agent in the kingdom. So I think that she could have the ability to fluctuate depending mm. on she could be a hybrid because depending on where she needs to fit, she adjusts. Yeah, she adjusts. You know what I mean? Like she she doesn't she does. like she all right, you need me to be out here and pretend like I'm a uh <laughs> I'm a uh I work for Star sure I'm I'm a I'm that or okay now I gotta set some order sure I'm gonna do that too okay now you need me to go ahead and teach something or show somebody how to adjust and and get their uh calmness back sure I could do that too if you need me how to you know if you need me to be wise and skilled um uh, I think she's also because she's an agent for them. She may be more uh, evangelistic because she mm-hmm. was gathering most of them all together mm-hmm. as well. So we got we got the fivefold up in the Avengers. We have all the gifts up in the All them, all them up in the. Okay, this is so churchy. How do we get the fivefold anyway? And I, that one on my notes. That was just us observing. Uh, what Alicia brought up and uh, kind of trying to pull out these little attributes that we see. Um, I'll put it in, a, uh, in, in if you if you think you you know you see some other gifts and some other Avengers, let us know. Well, let us know. We want to we want to keep this conversation going because this, this is good. Um, but anyway, so we got all five <laughs> together, right? We got all five. Um, before we get to the before, well, we got before we get all of them together because Thor wasn't initially invited. Thor kind of crashed the party because once they got hold and laid hold to Loki, who put himself out there foolish because he wasn't even trying to hide his wicked works, okay? He was out there being foolish and arrogant and because he was arrogant, he didn't care who saw, okay? Because you ain't care who saw, you got caught, stupidy. And so now they done caught him Put him on the vehicle. You know, they're trying to get him to tell him, them where the Tesseract is. Um, and while they're traveling with him, lightning starts to occur. Mm-hmm. And they think he's afraid of lightning. And he says, I'm actually more afraid of what happens after. And when we see Thor land on that uh, aircraft, I said, uh-oh, <laughs> This ain't gonna be. I, I didn't know which way it was gonna go. I just knew it wasn't gonna be good for Loki. So I was like, "Oh snap!" When he can't, he got in there and snatched Loki. I was like, "Oh snap!" Now they got to find him because he done took the one man that they was after. So if he kill him, 
which we know he wanted to do because technically he done betrayed everybody in Asgard. And you know, if you listen to our episode last and- week, you understand he's a traitor, okay? So they he wants to bring him to justice. The problem with that is he can't bring him to justice without the Tesseract so that they can go back home. So mm-hmm. he's trying to get him to tell him where it is. And this line blessed me so bad. While they were talking back and forth and Loki is talking about ruling them. Talking about how you know he wants to be ruler of the humans. He thinks that he can relieve them. He said earlier he was going to relieve the human race of the freedom of freedom. Because they needed to bow. He even when he came and showed up um, and had all of those uh, people outside, he the first thing he told him was to bow because he wanted somebody to um, bow to him. And he believes he was ruler or he should be ruling because he was the king um, before he was, you know, kind of like, he wasn't even thrown out because he let go. So that was his fault. But anyway, um, before any of that <laughs> happened, <laughs> before any of that happened, Thor says, you think yourself to be above them. And he said, well, yeah. And he said, then you miss the truth of ruling. And ruling would be ill. And I said, hold up, Thor. Wait a minute. Say it again. What did you say to the man? What did you tell him? He literally told him, the fact that you think that you are better than these people disqualifies you from being able to healthily lead these people. And I was like, ooh, can somebody, who is going to do a teacher and pastor and leaders class with the Avengers? Because somebody got to tell people. Nina. Who? Nina T. Oh, wait a minute. No. <laughs> you got to be careful of your words because when you say things, we, you say when you say we're gonna park in the front, even if we be there for five minutes, we be parked in the front. Okay, you understand me? Got to be careful. Okay. But the truth of the matter is, is that there are a lot of leaders that believe that because they have pastor roles or apostle roles or any of the fivefold gifts, honestly, if if they have a position, they believe that they are somehow better than people than in the pew. Mm-hmm. As if they do not have to stay accountable to the same God as the people in the pew. As if they are not still trying to work out their own soul salvation. As if they have arrived someplace that is so much different or their access to God is so much better than people who mm-hmm. just love God and, and pray. Mm-hmm. The very fact that you are poisoned to believe that you are better than them lets me know that you can't handle this place. You might mm-hmm. want to rethink that. You might want to renew your mind. You might want to do what Job did and humble yourself. Eternity belongs to the Lord. Like, it literally belongs to God. And compared to God, we are mere ants. Like, legit. Like, we have, without God, we can literally do nothing. So he wasn't thinking about how, you know, in his familiarity with God, he wasn't thinking about how he should probably be a little bit more reverential and humble. Mm-hmm. And so after God got through talking, Job was like, you know what? I'm vile. I'm crazy. I don't even know what I was talking about. Um, I talked about things that I know of. Forgive me because I'm out here acting crazy. I should have never talked to you like that. 
forgive my my little foolish lips. Let me go ahead back here and pray. You know what I mean? Like he had to remind himself that he was not bigger just because he was a righteous man. He was no bigger than anybody else who was dealing with trial and tribulation. He was no more righteous than the next person. He was no more better. He was he wasn't better than the other person because he followed the laws of the Lord. I'm trying to find that scripture that says like um when you're arrogant or um not I don't say cocky, but I think it's arrogant and it's like a foul fragrance onto the nostrils of God. Mm, because cause, cause you gotta think. God literally created everything. Everything we see, everything we don't. He literally created it all. So it is probably the most disgusting thing ever to see something you created try to posture itself as equal to you in the same way that it was disgusting that Satan would ever try to establish his own kingdom inside mm. of the creator's kingdom. Are you okay? Like, sir, the goal, the amazing goal of you, sir, to think that you could come out here and just not only take over, but convince other angels that you are equal to God. I did that never just golly like good lord like the 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 miracle of all times <laughs> but at the end of the day it was this small awareness that that small statement to where thor was like i need you to understand the truth and the truth is that while you want to be king you're not ready you can't be king not like this not with this mindset not acting like that you would you would be a one sick ruler trying to rule a kingdom with that perspective and mindset. I'm going to take a break and we'll be right back after these messages. Hello everybody, it's your girl Nina T and I'm here with a pause for a cause. Are you a business owner who is looking to expand your business or, or maybe you are a new owner, a new entrepreneur, and you just want to make sure you're doing everything that you can to make your business the best that it can be. Well, I've got news for you. Power Over Poverty is hosting their Mentee to Mentor program, and it's just for you. This program is six weeks of jam-packed information where you can learn how to structure your business while accessing business funding, learning tips, and tricks from all of the experts. Now, registration is already open, so go over to www.poweroverpoverty.net and make sure you sign up. Uh, make sure you get all that you need to get so that we can do business the kingdom way. And we are back. Like we never left. What? What's going on with my singing life today? You're living in a musical. My life is a musical, and if yours is not, I don't know what kind of life you're living. Everything touched. Like, yeah, is a song. My God. All right, anyway. 
Anyway, uh, we're going to pick it up from Iron Man versus Thor. And the reason I put that up is because after, you know, I, after Iron Man tries to um, hit Thor, well, he does hit him initially. Um, when he hits him, catches him off guard, um, they start fighting. But I love the fact that even while they were fighting, they were still making each other better. If you notice, every time they they did something, it made the other one level up. So, like, the hit that uh, Thor took made him more strategic with his hammer. The hit that... Uh, and, and literally, when he zapped uh, Iron Man with that lightning, his suit went to 400%. It was like... This fight is even making us better. Like, and that's, I think sometimes, and at least if you want to chime in, you can. Um, I think sometimes we believe that our best relationships are the ones where we have no conflict or little Ooh. conflict. <laughs> it's, it's actually the ones that are the iron that sharpens iron. We often say that, but we don't understand the friction that happens when iron sharpens iron. It's not a pretty process. It's not an easy process. It's confliction, okay? And boy, when you touch that knife after you got done sharpening it, it's like almost like a scalpel. Jeez, like golly, like woo. You trying to take somebody out. You know what I just thought about from another perspective is how um, science continues to try to advance, but the Holy Spirit is something that they'll never really truly be able to um, put inside of their container and label it. Yeah. What I thought, like, although it charged his suit, the fight would continue to went on. But I really, truly believe that Tony would have lost that battle. Yep. Yep. Because they weren't... It's, if if Captain Rogers, who, who again is a pastor, if he hadn't have stopped it, mm. <laughs> they would have still been fighting. Just because. Just because they mm. can't. Because they had strength. And uh, because they were constantly advancing each other and pushing each other ahead. They would have just kept going and it would have never, like you said, it would have never stopped. But somebody had to step in and say, hey, let's make the main thing the main thing. While y'all down here fighting, Loki is up here looking at y'all. Like, he he watching y'all. And, and the main thing is that we want to stop his foolishness, not create foolishness of our own. I huh? think sometimes we can start off with the best of intentions, but somewhere along the line, we can stop making the main thing the main thing. Mm-hmm. Like we need to be reminded, this ain't even about you and and you know your five members. It ain't about you and your twenty. It's not about you and your fourteen members. It's about the okay. It's about the Lord. <laughs> it's about the Lord. You know what I mean? Like I think sometimes, like in our attempts. To build God's kingdom. Like it's for instance, like those pastors that they start out really having a heart for ministry and wanting to build God's kingdom. And five minutes later, they're literally like, How many people you got now? And it's like, Did you forget? 
It wasn't about your seat count. Did you uh -huh. forget? This why I got this why you got a storefront right now. That's why you front in the store. Be quiet. Stop it. Stop trying to measure in that way. Stop trying to measure. Measure the effectiveness of the, the church that you're building, not the numbers of those who come in. Because if if the numbers come in and the heart's still not changed, then you don't have a church in here. True though. I watched it. I got to witness a woman and meet her preach to just the chairs. Come again, say what? He preached to just the chairs. People not showing up. She preached to the chairs and everything that the people said she wouldn't have, the Lord gave her all of it. Wow. So, definitely. <laughs> Numbers don't mean nothing. That's the thing. Like, if your heart is pure, mm -hmm. your heart is pure, then that's something different. But don't... Sometimes the Lord... I, I feel like the Lord be like, and you want me to invest in this mindset and mentality? You want me to add numbers to you daily i can't even trust you daily like what, what, what why would i add numbers to you what the world daily gotta repent so now the bible says like and and in the bible in the original church the early church they the first off the purpose was so different it was like so different so not only did they come together right and and repent and all of that um get their minds changed and, and listen to the word but the bible says that none of them lacked anything that their mindset in a meeting was okay if we're coming together then we've got to leave making sure that all of the needs are met so nobody is going to leave this place without having a need met and we're going to have all things in common and to that the bible says and he added to the church daily such as should be saved and i was like well yeah because he could trust that they would not um make this a one-sided fellowship to where you come and get just your, your sunday hit but i come to get my um, little tithe offering and praise the Lord. It was that the mindset was totally different. It, it it was different. It was different. And I can't say that all churches, you know, aren't doing it right. Right. I feel like there are some churches that God is like bringing, bringing out um, that they have been literally seeking his model, his kingdom model for church and not just the traditional model for church. Um, but unfortunately, what is shown on big stages is a lot of production and not necessarily a lot of, a lot of kingdom building. I hope that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. It's unfortunate that 
And because if we original Bible, like you said, was in the original church, and um, back to the history that you brought up, we wouldn't have all these problems with our people in the communities lacking. No, because the apostles but, were like not having it. Like Paul's letters to the church, churches of Corinth, and all those churches in Revelation. Like he was like, first off, I'm sick of y'all. Let me tell you why I'm sick of y'all. You do this well. But this is where you fall. You do this well, but this is the one thing God has against you. You're doing this well. And he literally wrote letters from prison to mm-hmm. churches to make sure that the churches felt one, that they had support. Mm-hmm. Two, that they they were checked and, and had some accountability. And three, that they never forgot why they were doing what they were doing. Like my favorite um, letter um, was Laodicea, and the reason why Laodicea is my favorite letter is because he said, "Y'all are hot one day, cold the next." And let's be clear, he would rather uh, he would rather be hot or cold because y'all are lukewarm. And <laughs> lukewarm, he will spew out his mouth. I was like, "Well, wait a minute, you saying that these people make the Lord sick?" And I'm not. I don't even for this kind of rebuke. You told the people they make the loss. <laughs> and did. And did. Okay. But the truth of the matter is, and the, the way the Lord showed it to me was I was like, okay, Lord, like, I don't want to think about throwing up. Like, can we can we talk about why this, you know, this is a big deal? And he was like, I can use a table with four legs. And I could use a table with no legs because at least I can put it on the ground and put stuff on top of it. But I can't use a table with two legs. And I said, oh, that's good, Lord. That's a good little visual there for me. Because that's what the Laodiceans were. They were two-legged tables. They He couldn't truck. Like, it was like, I can't put an invest, vest on you because you're not stable. You're not, you're not. If I put something on one corner, the other corner gonna fly up and then everything is gonna be trash. Like, no, I would rather you pick to have four tables and be strong and sturdy or pick to have no tables and I can get glory in spite of you. But what I will not do is invest power in two-legged tables, period, point blank. Amen. <laughs> so, so here we go. Um, yeah, let's let's. Uh, after they stopped fighting, after they you know got themselves together, they were still bickering a little bit. They couldn't trust uh, Fury. They couldn't trust this one. They were going back and forth, and all of this little in in fighting caused them to miss that they were technically under attack. Like all of this little bickering back and forth. And then when they really started fighting and arguing with each other, I mean, golly, it was a mess. Like they were arguing back and forth. And one was like, well, you wouldn't belong here. And you wouldn't take the bullets and you wouldn't lay down your life. And you aren't the best. And you are. And they gone back and forth. All of these heroes fussing with heroes instead of, fighting and stay on guard. They're fighting each other and they miss the fact that they've literally, I mean, it got to so bad to where 
Hawkeye and um and Selvig in the other and with the other army or the other uh with Loki's army sent this little device attached it to the plane, blew up the plane, and they had no idea anything was going on because they was fighting and they was making too much noise. Like they would if they had been quiet, they probably would have heard the thing attached so that they could respond. But sometimes the confusion that, um, oh yeah. So the, that's the reason why the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. <laughs> it's because in that midst of confusion, all that back and forth and bitter, bickering leaves you distracted and you're not paying attention to your assignment that is at hand, what's going on, what's the next trap, what's so that you can navigate people away from it. You're a hero and you're wasting your, not only your, your super uh, ability, but you're wasting time. And, and energy. Yourself, what's that? And energy. Okay, and your energy, putting yourself in another predicament because we got Hulk um, we got the strong fighting the strong so we got Thor and Hulk fighting each other we got sibling against sibling that's Thor um, uh, that's uh, Thor and Loki they're Loki. fighting each other and, Lo and Thor gets caught and trapped in dang uh, thing contraption that wasn't even meant for him you got um, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. is trying to hold down everything and trying to stop people from attacking them you got partner against partner, which technically ended up doing some good because Natasha was able to knock some sense into the Hawkeye's head. Um, and then yeah. at the end of all of that, Agent Coulson dies. That hurt my heart, yeah. Did, did you just not see me put my hand over mine? Because that was like, yo, that didn't have to be like that. That was a bit much. I was like, not Coulson. <laughs> And the fact that he blew his last breath, like his last few breaths, he still was firing a weapon. Like he, that was how dedicated he was. Like he was like, I'm going to get the shot off even if I got stabbed. I'm still dealing with the wound. Whoa. So <laughs> that brings up, that brings up the perspective of can you be a wounded warrior? Only for a certain amount of time. And that's literally, he didn't have long to live. So for his last seconds, he was basically like, while I still am alive and I can feel the breath fading, I'm going to make these last moments count. I'm not going to sit here and die and just die to the wound, but I'm going to let my life say something and let my life mean something. And it was unfortunate that he had to die the way he had to die, but Loki was a trickster. And because he didn't know who he was dealing with, yeah. he was getting manipulated. I mean, God, dog, looking right at him, about to fire a weapon and got stabbed because he didn't realize he was looking at an image and not the real person. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. But Agent Coulson dies, and that is the catalyst or the, the moment, as, as we would call it in film, we call it the all hope is lost moment. Where uh, it's, you're literally looking and you're like, 
what could possibly they do now? Like, what what are you going to do? You, you not only have been attacked, you're, you're scattered because, you know, Hulk is in one place and Thor's in another place. And, you know, we got, you know, Iron Man that barely made it out all right. And we got, you know, Captain America that barely made it out. We got all of these things. They're all scattered in different places. And they're all not in their best shapes. And then we've got a death. So it's like, what are we even going to do from here? How does this get better? How can we turn this? And the turning point is when Fury comes in with these cards. They were the set of cards that Coulson wanted um, Captain America to sign. And um, he wanted them to sign because they were vintage and they, you know, were from his heyday back when he was you know, yeah. America, the commercial kind. And he wanted him to sign them because they meant a lot to him. Well, there was blood on the cards and Fury tosses them on the table and says, these were in his pocket when he died. And he was saying like, you know, he then begins to explain that this was bigger than just capturing Loki. This is bigger than just the war. This was that he believed in something called the Avengers Initiative. And that this was something where you were bringing already extraordinary people together, believing yeah. that when they got together, they would be something more. I want us to forever view the body of Christ that way. If we viewed our the body of Christ as that, as a group of people who are already, God has already anointed you, God already made you perfect. He already had a plan and purpose for your life. He already put a stamp of approval on you, but we're coming together because when we come together, we become better. We become better. And um, <clears throat> and he says this in order to make sure that they understand that what he was betting on was them, not the Tesseract. He, was, he wasn't betting on the unlimited power. He knew that the power that was in the room were, were, was enough to be able to um, get what they needed to get accomplished. <laughs> And they decide to come together, which is the most beautiful thing I think the whole movie we've seen is them actually come together. When that when that film pans or that that camera pans and you see literally all of them back to back in a circle, like literally standing on guard, it's like one of the dopest scenes because you notice that each one of them independently is awesome. But something totally different happens when the death trajectory of the Avengers. It is, it was, this is what this was for. This is what this was about. Now, I'm going to bring up this part because there were a couple of highlights in the, the part where they decided to come together, the big major final battle um, with the uh, army or the, you know the militia on the other side of that tesseract um there was a couple of highlights for me one of them i'm gonna ask you uh alicia what was what are your highlights from that uh that montage of scenes um but one of my favorite highlights was um the hulk the first one was when the hulk said um <laughs> the hulk was uh himself he was his regular self and um, they had told him he might want to suit up and change. 
You can't take that. You can't take that. You can't take that. Oh my god! (laughs) Well, go ahead, tell him. Tell him. He can't take them. Go ahead, tell him. Tell him. He was like, "Yeah, the, uh, yeah, the." I'm always angry. (laughs) He said, "That's my secret." I, bro, what? You're what? All the time, all the time. You, you probably have the best self control known to man. Listen to me, because he had to. He had to make sure, like even um, when they were in the lab and uh, Iron Man was playing around, and he like kind of like stabbed him, little little juked him a little with with a point. Uh, and uh, Captain America was nervous because he was like, "You can't be agitating this man to get angry and turn into a whole entire beast. Like, what's wrong with you? Are you crazy?" But the fact that he he was like, "I've been you know doing this for a year." I'm pretty good at managing it. I, I'm. It's. It's something more has to happen than me being jabbed with a pointy needle. And I was like, man, how many of us don't acknowledge that one we are angry, but two that we have to control it. Yeah, that controlling it is is the the battle. It, it's it's controlling yourself. Self-control, as the spirit of the spirit we talked about in Hulk. Self-control is a hard thing to grasp, but when you realize that it's necessary for you to have righteous indignation, which is which looks like anger, it's necessary for you to have that, for you to be upset at injustice. It's necessary, but to channel it for the right time and use it for the right time and not the wrong time. None of the Avengers really backed down at any point um, after they decided to come together. After they decided to take on the fight, none of them was like, all right, we're done with this. Let's go ahead and move on. Like, no, it was like everybody stepped up and did their part. My favorite part of the battle is when that Hulk grabbed that Loki. You understand me? Because... Loki has been howling this whole movie about how he's a leader, how he's a god, how he need to be respected. And he's not, he said, I'm well, not going to be bullied. That Hulk picked him up by them legs. Slap, 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 slap. <laughs> Baby, I scream. It's my favorite part of the Avengers whole entire movie. But I, I love it because of the one phrase that Hulk said, puny God. Like, I want you to realize that all that talk you've been talking is mm-hmm. nothing. It's nothing. Like, it's nothing to me. I I eat gods for breakfast. It's basically what Hulk was like saying. Like, <laughs> it's like you can you keep trying me because you have a position, but I have strength. I have height. Mm-hmm. And that trumps your position. He literally picked him up and slammed him so hard I could not breathe from laughing so hard. And Loki was mad. He was mad. Loki has always felt like he deserved the throne. Mm-hmm. But all he ever did was manipulate to get it. Nothing that he did warranted the throne. Mm-hmm. His, he, he just kept having to 
tell people. That's the other thing. Oh, that's the other thing. Thank you, Lord. If you have to keep reminding people of your position. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you might not be as good as you think. You might. You might want to sign out. It's okay. Announcing what you got going on. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to announce that you've been elevated. You don't have to. You don't now. If if you want, people, I understand wanting people to celebrate with you. I'm so tired of hearing the elevation word. I've elevated to chief prophet apostle. What? Chief prophet overseer. What? We ain't gonna be elevated to servant. We ain't gonna be elevated to quiet. When are you going to be elevated to just lay on your face and pray? When are you going to be elevated to shh? When are you going to be elevated to really train? Oh, okay. When are you going to be elevated to go to school? Because I'm tired of dummies in purple, as uh, L. Spencer Smith would say. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to be elevated to stop going on the third day? <laughs> what? <laughs> when are you going to be elevated to keep the in you? When are you going to be elevated to open this Bible up? <sighs> Just open it up at, at some point. You want you might want to read it. When are you going to be elevated to stop doing that five-finger prayer that you teach in um, children's Bible study school? I'm screaming, okay? <laughs> ah! Alicia! <laughs> we honor the Lord for you like this. And we... Cause ain't no lies, ain't no. It's like it's like golly. If you gotta keep telling people, you gotta keep reminding them. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you're doing all the things you should, huh? Like, my name is Janine, and you should. So I was listening to a live earlier today uh, by uh, Overseer Heyman Hayward Hamilton. Had to mess his name up, um, and he was talking about how like. Uh, a lot of people don't know the value in their name that God called you by your name because there was an assignment for your name. And I was like, yo, listen, man, I got to, I got to, I got to get on kid like faith. You wearing me out. But it was so good because honestly, a lot of people find their identity in the title and the position and the role and not necessarily in God and just being his. There is no greater feeling than than literally hearing him saying, you are mine. What? Mm -hmm. There's nothing better than that. Like, there, I, it doesn't matter if you have got affirmed by Bishop Tutu or, or Deacon Watermelon or whoever affirmed you. It does, I'm, I'm, we grateful for all of that. But there is no greater affirmation than hearing the father say, you are mine. Yeah. Period. And that that is something that you can revel in. That is something that, you know, you can, you know, stick your stake in. Not that you, you know, you're a prophet or, or, or other gift of the, of the body of Christ. It's fine. Be a gift. But the greatest gift is being his, period. Mm -hmm. Point blank. So yeah, we, I don't want to be known as a puny God. 
And I don't want I don't want to have to be slapped around to be humble to realize that mm-hmm. title don't mean much. Okay. At all. I don't I don't want that in my life. Um, so earlier in, in the story, Cap told Stark that he wasn't a hero. He needed to stop pretending like he was a hero. Um, because he wouldn't sacrifice basically for the team. Like he wouldn't lay on a wire um and take that kill. Uh, for the team and and literally he was like nah I just like cut the wire but when the opportunity presented itself for Stark to step up he did he stepped stepped all the way up and took the brunt of the hit like literally we didn't even know he's he's gonna wake up for a little while we didn't know that's faith man what you mean tell me I'm going into a place that I don't know what's on the other side? All right, okay. I don't I don't know the rest of the instructions. I don't know where I'm going. He ain't give me no blueprint. He said, go to a place where I'm gonna show you. And I'm like, you want me to be a very comfortable place at my father's house? Okay. Well, that's where we're going, is with you. It's the kind of faith that says, Esther. Before you um, think that you are going to be saved by this decree because you're in the king's castle, know that you have to go and stand up for your people or God will raise up another and you'll be killed and all of your family will be killed. And she, instead of saying, well, I'll take my chances and just, you know, not not go against the king's decree. She literally pray and fast for me pray if y'all pray i'll go and if i perish i perish that's faith that's what faith looks like um i was talking to somebody earlier today like sometimes our our expressions of faith are vocal but they are not experimental they're not they're not you're not willing to literally stand on stand in walk in faith but faith is action literally faith without works is dead Faith is a verb. Mm-hmm. Faith is a verb. Uh, the the three Hebrew boys stood on the outside of the furnace, and they said, "Our God is able to deliver us. We're not going to bow to your graven image. And even if He doesn't deliver us, let it be known that we're still not going to bow." And then they had to be willing to be bound and thrown in, and stay in the fiery furnace. Until it was time for them to come out. They didn't take the heat away. Yeah. That they didn't feel the heat. It was just they there was something in there with them. They were yeah. walking their faith out and Jesus joined them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the father joined them because, yeah. because they decided to express their faith with their feet. And I want us to Especially since we, you know, we are those who claim to have kid-like faith. In what ways, we got to think about this, in what ways have we not challenged our faith? For me, um, recently, um, my faith was challenged in what I ate. And did I believe that, believe that eating differently would benefit me and satisfy me? And so before the summit and before my 40 day journey with the Lord 
Um, your girl was not at all trying to get rid of uh, red meat and chicken and stuff. And then after, I like even now, like my family <laughs> last week got some um, hip hop chicken, right? And I was looking at it like, yeah, I don't know this life. Like, I don't even want it. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, now that I'm here, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't desire it anymore. And because I don't desire it, it doesn't mean I'm better than anybody. It just means I'm, I just don't, something's changed. Mm-hmm. Something's changed. And that every day that I continue in, now I'm not going to say I'm a perfect eater because I'm not. There are still some things that I have to ration, like sweets, because I have two rolls of sweet tea. Um, so I have to make sure that I don't overindulge in sweets, right? Um, and I make better choices with what I know God is asking me to do with my body so that when I'm called to speak or when I have to do kid like faith or when I have to, you know, go on the road or preach or whatever, whatever he's got for me this next season of my life, I won't be trying to do it and be battling my body as well. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And another area is finances. Because we like to think that faith is all about, you know, religious practice. But mm-hmm. when you're a Christian, like Kanye said, I'm a Christian everything. So everything about me has to speak faith. Mm-hmm. I need to be disciplined in my, my finances so that when the Lord asks me to sow, I can because I was disciplined. I need to be disciplined with what I eat. So when the Lord asks me to sing and and or, or preach or whatever, I'm not, you know, killing myself trying to do it. But my faith looks a little different. Then just I read my Bible every day. Yeah, that's bare minimum. That's that's believer one on one. You read reading as much as you like. Do your memory verses and all of that. But also exercise it in a way that where people can see transformation and change. Because that's that's also too what matters. Uh Alicia, if you don't mind, you want to share a, a way that you've been challenging in your faith? The way that I feel challenged in my faith. <sighs> I think it's just daily with me, honestly. And I've been saying this for like, what, the last two, three key like episodes with this deliverance walk. Um, finances, definitely. Especially when we, I'm not saying I'm a financial girl or nothing like that. But I'm always a person that is planned for just about everything. So to have it where the Lord would tell me to do otherwise, like take this entire lump sum and sow it as a seed here. I'd be like, <laughs> you said what, big fella? Um, not saying like I like money is an idol for me or anything like that, but it's a sense of control. And me having to relinquish that um, is definitely a huge challenge because I'm unaware of what will be next if I don't have total control, if I'm not the person whose hands are on it, um, if I'm not the one orchestrating it, what will it look like? And God's just like, 
give it to me. So daily, um, I have been praying it. Like that has been like the seal of prayers for me. Like, Lord, I relinquish my authority. And that like every, it's, it's gotten easier. I feel like it's like a, like a TED talk. It's gotten easier um, with, with saying it but it's still a challenge because when I go out and things that I volunteer for or even with me armor bearing and serving, it shows up then. I have to relinquish that authority. Like, okay, this is what it's going to be. And um, all right. Yes, Lord. And I just have to smile and really mean it when I say it. So yeah, that's been a challenge. That's major because we don't often think that we need faith for the gift that we've been given like Mm -hmm. we need faith for that too we need to believe and I had to trust that what I heard one I wasn't crazy Mm -hmm. that I could do it so there are some things that be in between this brain of mine to try and just like even like with singing like just Try hitting this. Try doing this. Try this transition. Try this. Try adding this song. Try and you know it's like I don't want to go there. I I like the way we planned it. But even the even the okay, Father, you gave me this. I'm, don't have me out here looking great. Great, don't don't you not gonna have me out here looking stupid. Okay, I'm not gonna sing it if it ain't gonna work. We if if people aren't going to be changed. Then we can skip the song if, and and we can get to the message. Quiet as cat. But I had to trust God, and I even had to trust God in the tough portions of worship leading, where I wasn't always getting along with team members or you know certain because we human and, and things happen, right? And, and and life happens, and and sometimes my attitude was jacked up. Sometimes. I had some insecurities about the roles and and all of that. So like growing up literally and maturing in the faith, you can always say, you know, there was a part of that where I was a problem. And then trusting that other people heard too. Mm -hmm. That I wasn't the only one that, because I was the leader or I was in charge, that I was the only one that heard. Absolutely not. It was was actually listening to the Lord and said, "Mm mm-mm. Tashawn's singing that this week. And she has, she knows what she's, I'm going to tell her what to say. I'm going to show her how to lead it. I'm going, you don't have to lead every song. You don't have to. You don't have to preach every message. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to be the end all be all. But an exercising of faith is saying, Father, you didn't just invest it in me for it to stay with me. Who do you want me to share this with? Who who can I invest this in? Who can I like, you know, pray that they receive this as well? So it continues. Who do you want to give this to? Um, one of my favorite movies is War Room. I think I'm gonna end on this. Um, one of my favorite uh, movies is War Room and. It's one of my favorite movies because it was an elderly woman who had learned how to pray and how to literally uh, change or actually like fight in prayer, right? Like she had learned how to pray intentionally um, in spirit 
for everything, concerning everything and everybody. And she wanted to teach a young mother and wife to do the same. And and when we learned at the end of the movie that she wasn't a perfect wife and her marriage wasn't a perfect marriage, that she hadn't even reconciled with her husband before he passed. Like that whole reason she was teaching her was because she said, I don't want you to make the same mistakes I made because the Lord was asking me to pray for my husband and I was too prideful. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, what a moment to have to where you won in a previous season failed. And that's uh, quotations failed to pray for your husband. Right. And failed to pray for his well-being. And instead of just feeling the guilt and the shame for that, you decided to move in faith and say, okay, this that you taught me to do, I need to now show another woman who could possibly be making the same mistake I was back in you know my days when I was a young woman and make sure that she doesn't do the same thing with her husband. Yes, they have a tumultuous marriage and that's why you brought them to me. I have the faith that I have learned the lesson in order to be able to teach it. So yeah, like he had to have the faith. He had to put his faith to work. And uh, we thought for a moment he, he was out there. You know, we thought Iron Man wasn't coming back. I thought I, I thought Tony was gone. I thought Tony was going up the up for room with me. <laughs> I'm going up to yonder. Going up to yonder. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but no, no. And, and she, what'd you say? No way, you should be that churchy man. I am very churchy and I, I embrace all of it. They did this to me, <laughs> but it was the best thing they ever did because every song is a church song, period. Um, yeah, but it took the, the yell of Hulk to wake him up, right? Um, and then they go their separate ways. It wasn't that they were brought together to be together always. They were brought together to fight for a season, to fight for an assignment. When the assignment was done, they had other things they had to do. And so Thor and, and Loki go back to Asgard. Uh, the You know, the Hawkeye gets his card and Tasha gets the car. Like they, they all go to their separate places. And Fury talks about them being gone. And uh, the agent says, well, how do we know they'll come back? And he says, because we, we'll need them to. And yeah. Like, Man, that's another statement of faith. That, yeah, they're leaving now to go back to their regular lives and their regular spaces. But I have the faith that what we did here, if we need it again, they'll be yeah. able to not only come back and do it again, but they'll respond because of what happened here. Yeah. Because of what we created. They'll be able to respond. Yeah, so this is good. Any other final words, Elysia? Respond and respond well. And that's it. That was absolutely amazing. Thanks for coming on the journey with us. And I hope that you join us next week for some more fun. 
If you have never listened to Kid Like Faith before, wherever you happen to be listening, make sure that you like and subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend so that they can come along the journey with us as well. Oh, and please stop and leave a review so that other people know how much fun you had listening to this beautiful podcast. Now, we've got a bunch of movies in this universe to check out, and I can't wait to check them out with you. So until next time, make sure you keep your faith kid-like. Bye!